Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning. Adjust it for your time zone. It goes for about 15 minutes. You can always pick up the replays on SoundCloud by putting in Frank Lomas, F-R-A-N-K-L-O-M-A-S, and Tier 90's call should pop up. If you get your podcast on other services, if you put in Frank Lomas, Tier 90, or Solutions, the Digit 4, and Anti-Aging, then these calls could pop up as well. With that being said, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, and I come to you with an education background. And I apologize for the quality because my voice kind of started to leave me this morning. So I will be stopping and taking frequent drinks of water and my honey lemon ginger tea just to keep those vocal cords moisturized. So our TR90 program, when it first starts out, is one really good clean lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal if at all possible. Otherwise, be sure to take it with your meal because it's better to take it with your meal than to skip it. With that being said, seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables, seven to nine hours of rest daily, 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week are all part of this program, and those are all things that will help keep you on track, as well as staying hydrated. Hydration a lot of times masks itself as being uh, hungry. So if you're hungry, a lot of times what I do is I drink. I stop and drink a glass of water, like eight ounces, see if, and wait about five minutes or so to see if I'm still hungry or if, it, in fact, it was really my um, dehydration starting to really set in. With that being said... Today's information that I'm sharing with you today is out of a book that's called Superfoods Health Style, Simple Changes to Get the Most Out of Life for the Rest of Your Life. Uh, I seem to misplace the book I had yesterday, so I'm switching back over to the other one uh, about uh, sleep and why it's really important to get that seven to nine hours of sleep. Your body does a whole bunch of system resets while you're sleeping. So how much do you need? Well, while we know that adequate sleep is crucial to optimum health, we don't know the precise amount of sleep to recommend for everyone. We do know that as we age over a lifespan, our need for sleep seems to change and diminish. In the first days of life, our total sleep is roughly 16 hours falling to about 14 hours by the end of the first month. At six months of age, we're sleeping about 12 hours. This amount declines about 30 minutes every year through age five. By adolescence, we're sleeping from nine to 10 hours, and as adults, seven to eight hours. There are, of course, individual differences in needs for sleep and abilities to sleep. We know that women have a greater need for sleep than men, 
And on average, though they retire earlier than men and fall asleep faster, they report more time spent awake during the night and generally poorer sleep quality. While not getting enough sleep is clearly associated with increased health risks, so too is getting too much sleep. In the Nurses' Health Study of 82,969 women responding to the questionnaire, we revealed that those who slept five hours or less a night had a 15% greater mortality rate compared to those sleeping seven hours. But those who slept nine hours had a 42% increase in risk. Other studies have reported similar patterns. So that's, that's where that seven to nine hours comes from. Dr. Pratt, Stephen Pratt, MD, recommends seven to eight hours each night. While some people may claim that they do well on this, even six hours of sleep a night does not prevent cumulative performance deficits. Healthcare professionals should ask patients in detail about their sleep habits and should stress the importance of getting adequate sleep. And about 50% of the drivers report sleeping while driving while sleeping, and nearly 25% report falling asleep behind the wheel, though not crashing. Approximately 5% of people who have crashed while being drowsy. If you drive while sleep deprived, you're facing a risk comparable to that of someone who drives with an illegal blood alcohol level. So just keep that in mind that sleep really is that critical. Sleep disordered breathing or sleep apnea is a condition that is estimated to affect 2 to 4% of middle-aged adults and an even higher percentage of older people. Approximately 30% of those who snore regularly have sleep-disordered breathing. This condition is often diagnosed in overweight men with large or with a large circumference. Even mild sleep-disordered breathing is related to an increased risk for hypertension and cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and mortality. Obesity is a worldwide problem and is probably a cause of sleep disordered breathing. Thus, weight loss and prevention of weight gain offer the best hope of reducing incidence of this disorder. If snoring is an issue for you, an evaluation to rule out sleep disordered breathing is at a sleep clinic near you is a good step to take. I would highly recommend that if your partner says that you're... Uh, Stop, stop breathing for even just a few seconds uh, or wake yourself up because you've been snoring. Uh, my husband, that was one thing that we did. We sent him off to a sleep clinic and they wouldn't even let him go through the whole study without the evaluation, without putting him on a CPAP because he needed to have that extra oxygen and it made a huge difference in his life. Insomnia is a special problem in the dark world of sleep deprivation. It's a condition affecting 9 to 19% of adults in the United States and Europe. The incidence of insomnia seems to increase with age 
and to be more common in women than men. In a 1991 Gallup survey, found that insomnia had a direct impact on the daily lives of one-third of American adults. Insomnia is generally described as the perception or complaint of inadequate or poor quality of sleep due to difficulty falling asleep, waking up frequently during the night, with difficulty going back to sleep, waking up during waking up early in the morning, or finally and generally unrefreshing sleep. Insomnia takes a toll similar to that of sleep debt. Suffers feel tired, lack of energy, and have trouble concentrating and are irritable. Insomnia, among 37 other variables, is the most predictive factor for at work. As with sleep debt, the long-term toll that insomnia takes on health can be serious. Chronic insomnia is associated with an increased risk for alcohol and drug abuse, anxiety, neuroses, personality disorders, as well as dependence on sedatives, depression, diminished quality of life, and in the case of older adults with cognitive disorders, placement in long-term care facilities. If you suffer from chronic or even occasional insomnia, we're going uh, to go over how to get a good night's sleep here shortly. Follow the recommendations. In addition, consult your doctor to be sure that medical problems such as angina, chronic pain, uh, congestive heart failure, chronic lung disorders, endocrine disorders, or prescription or over-the-counter medicines are not contributing to your difficulty in falling asleep. So, how to get that good night's sleep? Try to go to bed and arise at the same time each day. Sleep in a dark, cool room. You sleep more soundly when your body temperature is cooler. Indeed, lowering your body temperature is a signal to your body to sleep. If you and your partner cannot agree on a room temperature, use separate blankets or sew a thin twin-sized blanket to a thicker one to create a full-size two-zone blanket. Take a warm bath an hour before bedtime. The resulting boost in body temperature will trigger the corresponding drop in body temperature a short while later, which helps to induce sleep. If the bath is too hot, it may cause more difficulty than in falling asleep. If you exercise late in the afternoon, it should not be less than four hours prior to your regular bedtime. Like a bath, exercise will raise your body temperature and trigger a rise and trigger a rise in temperature, which could keep it elevated near bedtime, making sleep elusive. Minimize alcohol consumption. Alcohol may help you fall asleep, but it will not be a deep restorative sleep. You'll also be more likely to wake up in the middle of the night. The more alcohol you drink and the closer it is to bedtime, the greater this effect. You may also find yourself going to the bathroom more often during the night due to the alcohol's diuretic effect. 
Avoid caffeine 8 to 12 hours before bedtime. Caffeine may stay in your system about 12 hours. Even decaffeinated coffee can cause sleeplessness in some people. So if you have difficulty sleeping, avoid any caffeinated beverages, including soft drinks, after lunchtime. Don't eat dinner too close to bedtime. A late evening meal can affect your ability to sleep. Another suggestion, complex carbohydrates can boost serotonin levels in your brain, which in turn relax you and help you help to induce sleepiness. If you do have an evening snack, make it a complex carb like a slice of toasted whole wheat bread with some peanut butter. Be careful about supplements you use to promote sleep. While the herbal supplement valerian is touted to make you sleepy, studies have been inconclusive. Also, avoid the herb, herb kava kava, spelled K-A-V-A, K-A-V-A, as there have been several reports of liver damage due to this herb. Try melatonin. Melatonin, an, or a hormone produced by the body to promote sleepiness, can help reset your internal clock and thus help you overcome jet lag or temporary difficulty in sleeping. A dose of 0.1 to 0.5 milligrams a day should be enough. And Dr. Pratt recommends taking it no more than two to three weeks at a time. If there's no long-term, there's no long-term safety data on the daily use of the melatonin supplements. If you are on anti, any antidepressants, check with your healthcare professional before taking any oral sleep medication. Check any medications you may be taking to be sure that they're not interfering with sleep. Calcium channel blockers like cardesium and procardia, as well as steroids, decongestants, and some pain relievers can interfere with restful sleep. Some people find that an open window and or a fan in the room helps them to sleep. Circulating air and the steady drone of a fan can be sleep-inducing. And do you love your pillow? A great pillow is a great encouragement to get a good night's sleep. Invest in a new one if you're spending your nights punching and rearranging the one you now have. Uh, I just heard something recently where if your pillow is more than one to two years old, you should be replacing it because they do tend to change over time and they really should be replaced about once every one to two years. Another thought is to drink some warm milk before bedtime. Milk and dairy products contain tryptophan, a natural sleep enhancer. And throw out cigarettes. When smokers go to bed, they may experience nicotine withdrawal, which has been linked to difficulty falling asleep. And the last one is let the sun shine in, as sunlight is an essential element in helping us synchronize our body clocks. Leave your sunglasses off until after 8 a.m. And I know some people that um, if they're dealing with sleep, um, with sad seasonal affective disorder, they actually have a special um, blue light that they turn on in the morning to actually help them wake up 
and they have that on for anywhere from uh, 5 to 20 minutes in the morning. For more information on sleep-related disorders, you might find the American Insomnia Association.org. So that's American Insomnia Association, all spelled out, .org. The sleepapnea.org is another website. The next website is sleepfoundation.org. And for the Restless Legs Foundation, it's rls.org. Sleep Home Pages of sleephomepages.org. And some of the things that also might help Cordotrol, ashwagandha, um, our sleep formula, a flock youth will help. Um, passion flower is another one. Hops, uh, box rescue remedy, sleep melts. I find that every once in a while if I'm having some difficulty, it's just a little pellet and it does help um, with falling asleep on occasion. So with that, this is Susan Van from Portland, Oregon, signing out on December 14th, 2021. I'm going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. So there we have it, my friends. Sleep and why it's important for us. And in the meantime, I'll be looking for my book so I can find out why we need our mitochondria to change. Thank you, Susan. What did you say about the tryptophan? I, I missed that. Oh, oh, the tryptophan? So with that, there is, let's see if I can go back and see where I, where that is at. The tryptophan actually help, is a help. Oh, it says drink some warm milk before bedtime. Milk and dairy products contain tryptophan, which is a natural sleep enhancer. So... You know, when our mothers used to put us to bed with a warm glass of milk, there was a reason for it. <laughs> okay. The tryptophan the trip the trip in the milk actually helps lull us to sleep. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Well, with that being said, I'm going to go rest my voice for the next four hours so that when I get ready to teach classes later today, I can actually talk. <laughs> so take care, one and all. Frank will be on tomorrow, and uh, I'll be back on Thursday, and Victoria will be on Friday with wonderful, wonderful meditations to help get us started off for our weekend. Take care, one and all. Bye.